Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggie. Tis the Smodco's Morning Show, blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. I, I almost forgot to press record. In fact, I did forget to cre- press record, but that's par for the course, isn't it? Um, welcome to the Smodco's Morning Show Tuesday Left Coast Edition. My name is Marty Amost, and I'm here with Giselle Net. Hello, everybody. It's nice to hear from you. I know that you guys were expecting a Dan Stravaganza, and that may well happen, just not at this second. Uh, Dan has has uh, promised to do his uh, best efforts to get here. Which I don't know what that means. Mm. He, he emailed to us and he said, hey, I'm going to try to make it in the 10 to 11 o'clock hour. And what does what is Yoda say? There is no try. There mm-hmm. is only do or don't do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, take take that to heart, one Dan time, Etheridge. One time I was uh, in this seminar thing. Ah, uh, seminar thing for business. Oh, business. You know, like to be a better person or be better entrepreneur. This is when I was really gung ho for my buttons and I was going to be big world famous button designer Mm -hmm. but they do this exercise all about this try like this the guy have a little pen you know just a marker uh, up there on the table and he get a volunteer and he say okay try to pick up this pen and the person reach out and they pick up the pen and the leader say no no I did not say to pick up the pen I said, try to pick up the pen. So then the person put the pen down and they kind of hover their hand over it and they kind of shake, but they don't pick it up. And the facilitator (sighs) say, no, I did not say don't pick it up. I said, try to pick it up. The point was, it was a really good example of there There is is no no try. try. No, sure there is. Like you, if you're trying to, uh, ring the bell at the, that the county fair and you're swinging that sledgehammer and you don't make it, you're trying to do it, but you, you're not succeeding. But ultimately you don't do it. So right, you either but you're do trying. it or you don't do it. But it, you can walk away and don't do it. Or you can try and don't do it. Which is more noble. It depends what is, now I've got all confused. Aha! I win! <laughs> I win again! <laughs> um. <laughs> So we may or may not see Dan. Why do you think he say it that way? Do I think don't know. He want to see how drunk he's going to get and maybe he too tired. Yeah, exactly. Do he drink? I don't even know if he drink. Um, and then Bill is, I think he they're filming now. Yeah. and uh, That's pretty exciting. That's stuff. very exciting. That's uh, Dave Made a Maze. And so we're sending out good vibes to him. Steve Kruger is a motherfucker, and he—you—if you want to know why he's not here, uh, you'll have to tweet him directly, and you should all tweet him and wondering where he is because he is rather coy with when it comes to. We the- ask him. I miss him when he's not here, and I said so uh, into an email that I sent to him over the internet. Yeah, we don't need to show how all the sausage is made. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I say, what? Well, I mean, you were you rather saucy and, you know, very yeah. personal. And, and I, I was trying to be sincere and share my emotions, but he just write back to me, I want a cookie. <laughs> so, last night, I was at the grocery store. Yeah? And there was, um, I was stocking up on the week's wine. Uh, oh. Yeah, so, if you buy six, you get a discount. Is you know? that boxes? Uh, no, these are bottles and... I wonder, would they ever do wine in little sippy boxes like they have they the do. juice drinks? They do. 
little boxes. Yeah, like but for not the with kids. straws. But they do have little boxes. Yeah, and little cans. Oh, they're always looking to to, to set, peddle alcohol in novel and interesting ways. They're I appreciate it. Yesterday on the internet, I saw a gif. Jif. Uh, I saw a little video of an expensive container of cognac being opened, and it was like something out of, uh, you know, it was all high tech. The little doors of this box they go, and then the little, uh, you know, pneumatic like platform that have the bottle of cognac. It, pop out and then lights go off like like the hellraiser box opening up yeah like yeah, that yeah. Good, good. um and what was the point uh, oh i forgot <laughs> oh that's they was looking <laughs> looking for more ways to uh, uh, package pedal, alcohol yes, yeah oh yeah you could get um that was a twenty thousand dollar bottle of Cognac, well, you could get a $9 bottle of vodka, either in glass or in plastic. You, you could choose and, you know. Oh. Yeah, so if you wanted to uh, get in a bar fight, you, you could pick the glass one, you know. So oh. that's, yeah, they, they're, they're so smart, these motherfuckers. Would you believe so, me if I said that a bar fight was on my bucket list? Uh, no. I, I, yes, I would believe you. Because, no, I'm lying. Oh. Because, but that's what I always think is like, that's why I want to do like a virtual reality thing, you know, because then you would, then you could see how you would fare in a bar fight. I have no interest in being in a bar fight, oh. but I, except for like, I wonder if I could get away with uh, not getting killed. Oh, um, yeah. So you will do one of those uh, virtual reality amusement parks when they have them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be like Westworld, like Fantasy Island. It's going to be like fight clubs. Yeah. All of um, those things. So anyhow, okay. I was in the grocery store, Miss Diversion, and there was this guy walking around and, and I passed him and he had, uh, in his breast pocket, he had his cell phone and, you know, it was faced inward and, and the the it was sticking part way sticking out, and I thought, oh, that's a that would be a very handy way to videotape stuff, you know, surreptitiously. And then uh, then I did my shopping, and I was heading out, and then I saw like he was still just walking through the aisles, didn't have he had a, a little satchel, but he had no groceries at all, and I thought. That motherfucker is videotaping people. Yeah. And then so I, I followed him and I was trying to see if he was. And, and occasionally he would pull up, pull out his phone and then press something. And I, and I was trying to see what he was doing, whether he was trying to, you know, reviewing videos or pressing. And then he would put it back in the exact same way. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. And it, it kind of, you know, skeeved me out. Like, what, who the fuck is this guy? Going to the grocery store and like it's not like he's getting you know upskirts or anything like that. It's not like he taped it to his foot. Grocery skirts. Grocery skirts. Yeah, maybe he gets off on oatmeal. Ugh, like you do. <laughs> Steel cut. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Grimace he was. <laughs> maybe he was filming people's uh, groceries. You know, to see what they're buying. Well, whatever he was doing, he was sneaky. I know. So, but, but why do it make you angry? Because. It's surreptitious. If you're videotaping, be open about it. Oh, I see. And so, and it, and it, it's like there's so much technology, and, and some of it's great. You know, like it's great that there are people who are can uh, videotape like the the shooting of of 
Walter Scott in right. South Carolina. Right. Uh, you know that was, he was the the uh, uh, the black man who was shot in the back eight times by a cop right. and was caught on cell phone video. And it's such a great tool. But then there's this motherfucker who's just like perving out. And I don't know if he's perving out, but it, it, either way, I felt I didn't feel violated, but I thought, should I tell security there? Now, should I have told somebody? What that? if he was a young budding filmmaker, not unlike yourself? Well, then he should be open about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it gets to like the, like, and so what Bill would say is like, what do you have to hide? I have nothing to hide. I'm, you know, like, but then again, my privacy is my privacy. And that's, I have a, a First Amendment right to privacy, don't I? I don't think privacy is mentioned in the Constitution. Oh, it's not? No, I think we, we sort of contort around it because we like the idea. Or is it the Fourth Amendment? Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, some free speeches. No, it's uh, it's the Fourth Amendment. We have a right to privacy. Oh, we do? Yeah, we do. Oh! Uh, so, well, you wouldn't know that. I I have not so, studied it very extensively. Are you a citizen? No, no, I'm uh, well, not. There, I'm just well, a when you do decide to residing a alien. I'm an abiding a law-abiding alien resident. So we have a right. We Americans have a right to privacy, and uh, and then there's this thing. Um, oh, you yeah, know. So in, like we have. So that's why we shouldn't have our dick pics looked in by the government, right? You know that that John Oliver had that great rant about that. Okay. You know. Um, and then I did not know we all had those pictures. Well, some of us do. And, but <laughs> see, that's a good thing that you don't know because the people don't want you to know that they have dick pics. Why do you, why do you take yours on the, the zoom? Do you zoom in? Hey, Tilt shift <laughs> microfiche. <laughs> In, uh, I do, do you take a picture of your microfiche with a microfiche? <laughs> I use the old timey filter. <laughs> do you use a what do they call filter? A daguerreotype. daguerreotype. You have yeah. to sit still for twenty minutes while Damn it. Alright, get another one going. Alright. Quickly uh, now. No, now have you heard of Stingray? Uh I think so, but I forgot what it is. Okay. You so remind. This is a device that allows you uh the user, it's a, it's a box, okay, and it mimics a cell phone tower. Oh. And so your cell oh, phone yes. will, will hook, hook into it, and then it allows the person with the Stingray device to pinpoint where you are Which and find out. Which is the police. Well, it, they it, use it, yes, right? Yes. I heard of this. And so they've been using, using it to trap people and to um, – but it also it, – it blankets everybody who's in that. So yeah. you get to see everybody who's there. And you can track people, and and so a lot of law enforcement agencies have been uh, silent about using it, and they won't oh, say. Oh yeah, they're just laying low. That we don't know what you're uh, talking about. We just about. we just happen to stumble upon this perpetrator, oh. and in courts they've they've withheld evidence. Oh, yeah. that's very bad. And um, so do you think that is it a violation of privacy? Yeah, like, that yeah. you can just. I mean, it it goes back to there was a. U.S. versus cats or cats versus U.S. There was a, I think it was in the seventies. He was a bookie who was convicted of um, of placing bets because the police put in microphones in a payphone, and so he was arguing that that was an invasion of privacy. Yeah. So did it, he win? He did win. Yeah. Oh. And yet these stingrays are still legal. 
So it's a very, very touchy thing. And uh, luckily, there are legislators who are doing things about it. And uh, up in Silicon Valley, they're they're uh, creating laws to protect, to make it very hard for law enforcement to use it. And also, uh, Washington State just signed into a bill yesterday. Um, that uh, would make it very, very difficult. Set a high bar for law enforcement to get these things. I have so much appreciation for these uh, attorneys and groups who are fighting for these things. Net neutrality, privacy. Yeah, and the ACLU. ACLU. Um, yeah, digital or what is it? Um, yeah. Do you have a name? Because this is good. Uh, then you, I know what organizations to support. Um, Send them some money so I can do my part. What is it? The front, digital frontier? I don't know. Tweet in if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and by the way, you can tweet in at Nooner Dan Marty and uh, NoonerPodcast at gmail.com. Send in a, an email if you want to uh, about da- ask Dan a question. Um, we've got V-Dub in Hong Kong. That's uh, Vincent. And we've got Jade Lentz in your smoke. Um, and, oh, Giselle is sending out uh, tweets. Uh, not very much. Don't get too upset about it. I'm totally listening to mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. But just some people. Uh, and Aaron and Chris Miller. And, and Lou. And Chris Brown, yes, hyper Canadian. Good morning, everybody. Hello. Uh, so anyhow, I just I'm happy that there are people who are fighting this stuff. Electronic Front Foundation, EFF, something like that. Um, and it is good that people are doing this stuff, but it's also bad. I mean, technology is incredibly powerful right now. Yeah, we in a crazy wild west frontier. Yeah, and uh, the legal system, the legislation just is moves slowly. People don't like quick change in laws, which is probably a good thing. Uh, so we don't make bad laws. But, yeah. But still, there there are people taking advantage of it on both criminals and uh, law enforcement. Right. So it it'll be interesting. So it's a really interesting time. Everything going so fast and. Uh, happening. Do you know, um, technology-wise, uh, also this business of public shaming of people and everybody. Sometimes when somebody's, it's somebody who I disagree with is being shamed, then I say, "Oh yeah, that's good. Shaming is good, and that's how we educate and keep ourselves in line, whatever." And then I think, "No, that's bad. We're making everybody toe the line, and it's hive mind and all that." Yeah. So I'm. I don't know. I go. I flip flop. I go back and forth. Well, I think that there's a a, a time for it, and that's what John Ronson's book, uh, new book, is about. He's this uh, English writer, a journalist. Uh, it's about public shaming, and then. He talks oh. about the the woman who was going to who she was a publicist going to South Africa. And, That's right. And she she tweeted like, um, "I'm going to South Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS." Oh, uh, no, I won't because I'm white. You know. And then and was she a, was fired by the time the plane landed. Yeah, and there was this huge, huge thing of like of people tweeting like. Uh, she's still in the air right now and like somebody go to the airport catch a photo of her and somebody went to the fo- the airport and and then when she touched down she had like all these uh tweets and messages like saying you know call and you know a friend who hadn't seen her in years was like you're in deep shit right can now can you imagine and it was just a stupid joke she wasn't uh, uh, she's not a racist but it was just a st- a stupid right. joke like and because she had like you know 100 followers or 200 followers like nobody she was, and, uh, did she deserve to get shamed like that? Like, for, maybe for a bad joke. Raise your not, hand if you have never 
done oh my god a tasteless joke that play on stereotypes i have oh yeah we I do it all that's it. what the this the foundation of the humor of this podcast yeah. is about but now but on the other hand uh, uh i was hearing about peop some you know how we have a drought now in california and so what? uh governor brown is cracked down and cities all have to reduce water usage so there's 25%. restrictions restrictions on how you can water your lawn some good news in that the big mormon church oh in west in LA. westwood they they have a huge green lawn it is now brown oh good because i've never seen anybody walk on it you know it's oh like, yeah what, the, what what use is lawn no yeah it's, i agree and so they've let it go brown that's really great and but here's the public shaming business i was hearing that some people are taking drones and flying them over fancy beverly hills to see what celebrities are still have green lawns and so then they can publicly shame them right and, the and thing that's is like, one that i agree with so i say yeah let's get them where's my pitchfork Yeah, and the rich, rich people use a lot more water, just orders more water, and they even with the fines, they'll probably still pay it because they, you know. They so want that the one, nice would you say, oh, but lawns. they have a right to privacy? It's their private estate. We don't get to fly well, a I'm drone not, over. I don't think you should fly a drone over, but I don't mind mocking them for. for but how do we find out? We have to well, fly a drone. Their, we can see their front lawns. And um, extrapolate. And extrapolate. Um, see if they're smart. There they was, let the front go brown and. Over the weekend, there was a, a man in Australia who was, uh, he saw, oh, I guess it was earlier, but there was a May the 4th be with, with you sign. Oh, um, yeah. As a little stand up, and he took a selfie of it at a, I think it was a target. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. It was a little Darth Vader poster, little, and he stood in front of it and, to take and a he, selfie. And his first selfie. And uh, I guess there were some kids by there, and the mother freaked out because she thought that he was taking photos of, of the kids. Of the kids. So she shamed him. Well, she chased him down, took his photo, and posted it on Facebook, and said, "If you see this pedophile, you know he should be." So now we have to sh now we have to chase her down and shame her. Well, she she took the post down, but she didn't apologize. We have to start a shame chain. I know, exactly. And just <laughs> shame back and forth and just have a shame, shame-o-meter. <laughs> and just like, everybody should just wear one like around their neck. And it's like, when it goes up and down, <laughs> it's really high. You have to admit what it was. <laughs> well, I made a, a, a gay joke and I didn't know that my friend was gay. You know? <laughs> um, Uh, it's like a little bit like Salem. We're going a little bit crazy. Well, we do derive this crazy, pitchforks. crazy satisfaction. Oh, I know. I feel it. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, the internet on Reddit was all up in arms because there was a indie band, and I'm using air quotes, an indie band had put up a video of their new song, and some online magazine was playing the video on their own website without attribution, you know, like not saying who the band was. Mm -hmm. And so the band come to Reddit and they say, hey, Reddit, our music is, be is being stolen and please to help us. And so everybody get their pitchforks out and go to the magazine and, and get upset and blah, blah, blah. Well, 
today it come out, some other redditors are saying, this whole thing was a publicity stunt. This quote-unquote indie band, they have a big label behind them. They have hundreds of lawyers in this label. So why are they going to Reddit to say, help us? And also, if somebody, the I guess the magazine that was stealing the music was on Facebook or something. Hotel. Said, it was a hotel, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah. But they were saying Facebook have strong copyright infringements. You just email Facebook and they will take it down. So anyway, the whole thing was a publicity stunt is what they're saying now. And everybody had got their pitchforks. We are so easy to manipulate. I'm not going to name the the band. Yeah, um, good. But I do like the band. Oh, you do? I've seen them live. They're very good. Oh. Yeah. Who is it? <laughs> is it those guys S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y yes Night. it was the Bay City Rollers the Bay City Rollers I remember the Bay City wait, Rollers wait so now this gets into this question because a lot of the times we talk about pop culture and you sort of glaze over and then but you're so interested in pop culture as well I'm on the periphery I see the headlines but I don't usually read the articles but then you you watch the shittiest movies sometimes but I like them so I guess our taste is just different mm. But also, like in the the zeitgeist, like deep in the pop culture like realm, you will watch these lousy movies, and then you will like turn your nose up at ones that are basically in the same genre, and then. But I guess it's just my taste. I I guess I have different tastes than other people. Like this, the most recent one is Ex Machina that everybody's go crazy about and mm-hmm. say how good it was. I did not think it was that good. Yeah. But that's just me. I did guess you think my it taste. Was that it was sort of a male fantasy yeah and male fantasy and the character's behavior was not believable in the context of the story they was telling also from a pacing and storytelling point of view i found it slow and plodding so as a young person what american pop culture did you digest well, you know, uh, we would come here for vacation a couple of times and I'm sure before you I moved got it here. Over there. Yeah, little bits. But I like the same things that you like. I watch some of the Braid Bunches and I was liking those. But what about cinema? Were you into oh, movies? Oh, cinema? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I remember Escape from Witch Mountain. <laughs> this is when I was just a kid. You uh, know? Sure. Well, that's the 70s. What about like the formative years, like in the 80s? Did you just turn uh, your nose up? No. I I think that I like movies very much, uh, uh, but I have a bad memory is the thing. Oh. So I can't well, this remember. Summer is if a, you name some, I could say, yeah, I saw that. This summer is a huge uh, summer. Well, not huge, but it's a pretty significant summer for 80s reboots and sequels. Yeah. So you've got the the new Terminator Genesis uh, one where Arnold comes back and right. um, and do you do do you remember seeing the, the, those movies in the eighties? Yeah, I do, and I like them very much. I love Terminator, and I love Alien, and I love uh, and then Vacation, Ordinary is, People. Well, okay, that the heartfelt one. Yeah, I love that. But Vacation, that that is oh, having a reboot. Yes, the vacations, and I like Fletch. Okay, well, let's talk about the ones that are rebooting this okay, summer. Sorry, so this sorry. is the one with Ed, Ed Helms playing Rusty. Oh, that will be fun. Right. Who's Rusty? The son. Oh, Ed Helms. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Who's the a, father? No, no, he's the father. Oh, who's Rusty? 
He's well. He's the son of Chevy Chase, but he's now the lead oh, guy. Oh, he's grown so, up and yeah. have a family of his own. Right, right. So Beverly D'Angelo and and uh, uh, Chevy che- Chase they have a, a brief cameo, parts, yeah, uh, as the grandparents. But now. it's now Christina Applegate, I think. And oh, and I don't care for her. Why? I don't think she's a very good actress. Oh, I think she's very stiff and wooden, and I don't. Uh, yeah, that's that's all. She's okay. not to my taste. All right, uh, and then Poltergeist is coming out. Okay, they're rebooting that. Did you see that growing up? Yeah, it, I wasn't cra- I was not crazy about it at the time, but I did see it. Yeah, is that the one where the little girl was in there? Yeah, she f- goes in the TV the world. One, uh, what's her name? Mm. And she goes, "They're coming." No, they're oh, here. They're here. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that Heather something Drew Barrymore. No, it, her name was Heather, uh, something or other, and oh. she, she passed away. Who who was the one Drew Barrymore was in? That was E.T. E.T. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Heather have passed away. Yeah, she had a stomach thing. Uh, but the big the one I'm most excited about comes out this week. It's Mad Max Fury Road. Well, I have seen it getting very good reviews. Yeah, and that is one of my fa- like favorite directors is George Miller, who oh. was and he was an ER doctor before he was a filmmaker. So he was in the emergency room, and apparently he used a lot of the stories that he found, uh, and and he was he also did some uh, traveling around as a doctor. And he used those stories to describe the violence that happens in the first Mad Max. Um, like just some of the accidents that happen. <laughs> so it's like oh. very accurate, I guess, in that sense. Yeah. And the first Mad Max is a very uh, grisly movie. But they made it for like no money. I love that movie, the first Mad Max. Yeah. And, That's such a great movie. And apparently he uh, he hired the actors and... He couldn't transport them out there, so he, he had the motorcycles that they used, and he had them all ride across country or wherever they were filming um, to to be in the movie. You know? Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and so I'm sure it helped them get in character yeah. and all that stuff, and then they destroyed all the, the motorcycles. Uh, but it's just such a great movie. And then The Road Warrior is fantastic. Oh, both of them. Just yeah. so good. So now this reboot now... Uh, With your favorite actor in it. Yes, Tom Hardy. Yeah. He's really talented guy. Yeah. And I think Charlize Theron is a very talented guy. I do too. I yeah. like her. She's really pretty and she seems nice. Uh, yeah, I like it. But I, I have to tell you, I'm a little bit nervous to see it because ever since I hit middle age, and I hope I'm not making our younger listeners roll their eyes, oh, here goes grandma with another one of her stories. But ever since I hit middle age, I have uh, I get uh, car sickness really easily, and some of these movies that have swoopy, swoopy cameras, mm. uh, you know, I, I can't look at the screen. Some of the the born movies, you oh, know, yeah. the born identity and the born, born to be nauseous, that's me, because... But the camera's shaking so much, I can't look at the f- screen. Like, Doug Lyman is uh, a big fan of the that handheld jittery thing. Yeah, and so all that. I'm nervous that this one but is going to be too shaky. But I don't think he's that kind of director. He's a very operatic director. Like, if, you know, he moves the camera a lot, but not in a jittery kind of way. Okay. I, that, at least that's my feeling. Like okay. If you, like, if you even... See, have you seen Lorenzo's Oil? That, that was his movie as well. Uh, Just a beautifully directed yeah. movie. Oh, good. Okay. 
Um, Chris Miller writes in outrages uh, the new national pastime. We love getting angry about pointless crap, but no outrage over real issues. That's true. I it's mean, we, true. We don't want to be challenged of our beliefs, but we do want to feel the, that that outrage. And um, I think it, it becomes uh, a great outlet for emotion, but not any real change. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so somebody uh, tweeted in uh, that, um, speaking of movies, um, I have to give credit where credit is due. I forget who it was. Um, oh, shoot. Well, tweet in. Oh, here it goes. Uh, Scott. <laughs> Scott tweeted in. And he there were the, um, the Sony Pictures uh, email leaks. Oh, yeah. Happened. And then one of the emails was about how... Um, they Sony didn't want to um, do any female uh, Marvel movies, you know, uh, superhero movies. Oh, right. And they cited uh, Elektra. Uh, they said they were justifying why it was a bad idea. Um, they said Elektra was a very bad idea. The end result was very, very bad. Uh, Catwoman was one of the most uh, important female characters in the Batman franchise. This film was a disaster. Supergirl was one of the most uh, important female superheroes in the Superman franchise. This movie came out in 84 uh, and was a total disaster. And that was a justification why they shouldn't make a a superhero movie uh, with a female lead. Hmm. Um, And the the problem is all those three movies kind of suck. Well, Supergirl had Helen Slater and she was super cute in that outfit. But... um, they're just bad movies. I think you have to start with a good script. There, we were talking online about the movie Salt. Did you see that with Angelina Jolie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that movie. But according to Sony, she's a spoiled brat. I know. Yeah. But uh, that was a good movie, and I was hoping they would make another one. It seemed like it was pos- positioned to be a franchise, movie franchise. Yeah, I, I, uh, but the but and so I was checking on AMD, I, IMDb, and they say it looked like there's another one maybe coming. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping because that was a great movie with a, a female, a strong fun, female. So lead. my question to you, uh, listeners, tweet in what what female uh, superhero movie? The thing is also is that uh, that. She's not a superhero. I mean, she's a super spy. I guess she does superhuman things like jump off of uh, highway intersections and whatnot. But what what movie would you want to see uh, the female uh, superhero? Of Marvel, of of Marvel characters? Marvel or DC. It could be anything. But just what superhero would you want to see? Um, Cat Lady. I know that they're doing Supergirl. That got picked up for a TV show. Not Catwoman. Cat Lady. Oh, and her... And it's just a middle-aged lady with a lot of cats. And she, she throws them at people, and she just has an unlimited supply. They just appear out of nowhere. Hey, stop it! No! Ow! It really hurts! Fine, you can, you can have my money. She's a super villain. Yeah. She, have, she can read their thoughts. She's a cat whisperer. Um, okay, fine, Darren. Vacation is a straight sequel. Terminator 5 is a straight sequel. Neither are reboots. Yeah, there's still reboots because it hasn't, it's not a, a sequel is sort of like the same, uh, it's, I'm calling it a reboot. The, uh, not the Terminator one, but 
the vacation. It's important that we get the terminology entirely correct. I know. Oh, thank you, Darren, for staying on us and keeping us honest. Um, like Wonder Woman, would you want to see that? I was not a big fan of Wonder Woman. She looked awfully um, emaciated and and busty in that uh, bustier. Yeah, I I like the ones. Uh, see, I thought Salt she had depth as a person, and that's why I like her very much. Some for me, the Marvel characters are a little bit. Uh, they're cartoonish, you know. They don't. Wait, the comic book characters are what? They're too cartoonish. Again, this is just my taste. Uh, I'm, I'm, oh, go on. I like more things with a, some psychological depth. You don't find Black Widow's dark history where she did bad things for the Russians. You don't find that compelling. Yeah, it wasn't, it's not so believable the way they play it. That's just me. No, I think, I think you have a point. Now, do you think you could have a, a nuanced character who could fly and, you know, travel through space and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. But I'm wondering if women, if women would go to a woman superhero movie, would if it? I guess if it was good. I mean, yeah. good movies are good movies. That that's the bottom line. I yeah, think. that's right. And the three movies that were cited in that uh, in that article were terrible, and I think they were probably developed developed by, <laughs> frankly, uh, a. a, a, a industry that is dominated by dumb white men who don't have, you know, who aren't thinking about good story oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Jenny Marie tweeted in, she wants a Black Widow movie now. Oh. What do we want? Black Widow movie. When do we want it? Now. Did you see the um, the Saturday Night Live uh, tr- fake trailer for the Black Widow movie? I did not. Was it, was it very funny? funny? Yeah, because they were doing it as a as a bad romantic comedy, you know, where she trips and falls and oh, all that yeah. stuff, but she's still in that, that costume. Very that's, funny stuff. That's cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I would like a Black Widow movie, but I was never a huge fan of her as a... Well, I guess I, I was, but um, they're doing... Uh, Jem... Who's that? Jem is truly outrageous. She was a, car- a Saturday morning cartoon character. Oh. She was a, a singer, I think, who did sort of superhero type of stuff. Um, but anyhow, what, what do you got? Well, um, I, was, uh, we, I went to Huntington Beach over the weekend to walk around and see uh, the sights, walk on the ocean a you, little bit. You just decided to go there? Yeah. What, what made you, So for those of you who don't know, uh, Huntington Beach is probably an hour south of here and in uh, Orange County, yeah, and it's it's a sort of a different different world. It would be like going to um, New Jersey if you lived in New York. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. Anyway, it was a beautiful day. Everybody was out walking around, and it was just nice to watch some people and see the sun. And you know how you you hear snippets of conversation as you walk by. Mm-hmm. We was walk by this lady just as she was saying. And she have one of those California accents. She go, she go, oh my God, let's get bikes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Spot on, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I was practicing it. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's get bikes. She was, we started to giggle and laugh. But it was a really fun day. They have the buskers out there. These guys was doing a breakdancing routine and front flips and all of this. And I was thinking. It's not as dirty as Venice, is it? No, it was cleaner. Like Venice Beach is the, the place you always see in the movies, like where people are busking and doing flips, but it's really gross. And Busking, for those of you who don't know the word, I had to learn the word, is uh, putting on an entertainment show just on the street and hoping and then pass the hat for donations. So singers, musicians, uh, jugglers sometimes do this, uh, acrobats. And they just do a routine on the street. Right. And so I was thinking, what if it all start to go down, you know, and I have to make a living as a busker? Uh-huh. I don't know what I would do. You could just be yourself. You, and pass my head? Yeah, you, tell, could you could tell stories. About buttons? Yeah. Okay, everybody gather around. This is the classic four-hole no, what do you talk? Your stories are, are. Yeah, we have a two hole. One time I went bungee jumping. Give me a dollar. <laughs> what would your busking be? Um, if you had to so, bask. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I have no interest in doing that. I guess. You could prepare a nice salad dressing. We would. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This weekend I, I entered in a friend's birthday party they had. Um, a contest where you had to make something out of craft uh, macaroni and cheese. Mm. And uh, so everyone, um, well, some people got disqualified because they just made macaroni and cheese and they didn't, it has to be in the blue box, the blue and white box, and it has to contain all of the, the stuff in there. So people would, you know, come in casseroles or someone made... Uh, biscuits that were stuffed with macaroni and cheese. What I did was I ground the macaroni in down into a flour and then mixed it with flour and then turned it into these Chinese dumplings with melting Ooh. cheese in the middle. And uh, and I steamed them, served them with hot sauce. And uh, it was cheesy and it didn't look like, um, it didn't taste like Kraft macaroni and cheese, but it tasted really good. Did you win? I did win. You won. Yeah. You see, there's your basking. And I won a, a crown, a plastic crown and a jar of pickles. Uh, oh, what brand? Some like uh, super fancy brand. Babies? Like, no, it's like hipster, you know. Oh, artisanal pickles? Sure. I'm calling them hipster pickles. Hipster uh, pickles. And some, someone <laughs> stole my crown. Oh, no. Yeah. What so, is the world coming to? Where's yeah. my pitchfork again? Uh, so we got a bunch of responses in about what people want to see. So, uh, Senior Smoke mentioned Lady Thor because Thor is, uh, I think there's a, a comic book line right now where she, he's a woman. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Brown would like to see a Black Canary movie, but not the current CW version, closer to the run from the early 2000s. Though I think that that character is sort of slowly evolving, evolving but it's not Diana Diana. Dana, Dinah Lance anymore. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see. Black Widow. Um, Batwoman. Tyson would like to see Batwoman. Yeah. Uh, if they did it right. I don't even... I, this is how out of touch I am. Uh, I don't know who Batwoman is. Um, did you see that uh, then... Um, who, who, hold on. I, I have a tweet here too. Darren tweeted in that Salt 
was written for Tom Cruise, then when he dropped out, they changed very little. Maybe that is why it was so strong. You know what? Because I wonder. And they still, he was, uh, he had his husband in it, in the original version, the Tom Cruise one. <laughs> that would be so funny. Um, but maybe that's the key. Maybe, maybe the screenwriters have a bias, uh, I would not blame them. I have the same thing. If they're thinking that the main character is a man, they write in a certain way. And if they somehow are knowing from the get-go that the main character is a woman, maybe they treat it differently and end up with different sorts of storylines or something. So maybe the trick is to just write the screenplay as if it's going to be a man and then just switch it to a lady. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, Well, um, I think that we're talking two things here. We're talking about movies in general, action movies, and then we're talking uh, superhero movies or comic book movies. Yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons why... Okay, so let me just go through this very quickly. Um, Spider-Gwen, Harley Quinn, uh, says Chris Miller. Michael Binhock would love to see the David E. Kelly Wonder Woman debacle. Um, and then I guess Max Landis uh, tweeted an interesting pitch for a Squirrel Girl movie. Uh, there's... The comic books that we grew up with were, uh, the female-based ones were all really incredibly sexist, you know? Oh. You know, Spider-Woman, She-Hulk, yeah, uh, Wonder Woman. It's all just women with giant breasts and tiny waists and, and skimpy outfits doing things. And even though they're kicking ass, they're, they're generally sexist, uh, um, they were targeted for adolescent boys, you know. Oh, I know what superhero I would like to see. Go on. Uh, someone who is a good listener. <laughs> <laughs> and what would her name be? Or his. Well. Maybe it, it would be a, a superhero for a woman. Just a, a man who listens. Oh, Look, yeah? it's, it's listening man. It's listening man. How are you feeling today? <laughs> it's available man. Um, <laughs> it's emotionally available. Well, lab. actually, the listening superhero could be either gender. And they I show know. up to where there is some crime or strife going on and they say, hang on, hang on. Let's talk about this. How are you feeling today? What's going on with you? Um. Yeah, no, I think I think that would that would be really powerful. But you have to make it a comic book first, okay? Before you make so write the comic book, okay? Find an artist, find um, an artist, and uh, let's send it over to Stanley and see you what know, he does with in, it. Actually, in Huntington Beach, we stop off to get a fish taco, and I was sitting waiting for the food to arrive, and the guy, a stranger, was sitting next to me by himself, just having a beer. And looking out at the sights, and he started to chat with me, and I and I, so I listen, and I say, "Oh, hello, nice to see you, nice to meet." And he's telling me all how he's on vacation. He's from North Carolina. His wife have uh, she have go crazy in her brain a couple of years ago. She have schizophrenia, so he have adopted her children, and wow. she's now living down in Florida with her mother. And he was a really nice guy. Showed me all these beautiful pictures of uh, the Grand Canyon. 
And I thought, that's really great. Look at that. The world is full of gifts. You can go out and then somebody will tell you all their life and you learn about a new life. So that would be your, your, your busking skill. You would just go out with a hat and say, I will listen to whatever you have to say. I would love that. I was thinking of, would it be fun to just go to Venice Beach and, just set, and, up. and set up a little table and a, and a sign and just say, I'm here to listen. But you know what would happen is by the end of the day, you would hate humanity so much. You think? Ugh. But the my, people who would pay you, give you money to tell their story. What if I do it free? Oh, even worse. <laughs> oh. That's worse? Uh, then I get yeah. long-winded people. It's like at the farmer's market, there's a, these guys, they're part of some religious The free group. hug guys? Oh, fuck those guys. I always take one. Oh, fuck you. I will have like, a free hug. Fuck you, free hugger. Go, go hug it. Uh, hug each other. Hey, do you know Ugh. you know that filmmaker that I told you that I like, Greg Benson? It's a false, false hug. It's a, it's a false. Ugh. No, I like the, it. You, you know what? A hug only means something if the person you who's hugging you means something to you. No, hug can mean. Oh, I completely disagree. As a person who have hugged a lot of strangers, it can be a calm moment, a chance to just breathe, a chance to connect with another human being just because we're both human. Nothing more, nothing less, mm. nothing creepy, just, hey, we are here together. Let's just take a moment. But w what I was going to say, you know, uh, that filmmaker that I like, Greg, Greg Benson, Benson yeah. and he's on YouTube. Yes. His channel is Mediocre Films. Films. Right, right, right. He have one where he was, uh, was a prank video. He was, he find one of those free hug guys and he follow him around, made a sign of his own that say, premium hugs, two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> So the the free hug guy is trying to go free hug, free hug, and and Greg is saying, no, his hugs are bad. You should have my hug, it's premium hug, that much is, better. Oops, that's funny. It's it like, was pretty funny. That is, he's really clever. He and comes the, up the, with such smart pranks. Yeah, I and really they're like not, his pranks. They're not too mean. They're really funny, and he get yeah. good, great reactions, but they're not nasty. Yeah, or invasive, and yeah, you know, they're yeah. just cute. And he's a nice guy. He's the nice. Um, January said, Daredevil is a good listener. Uh, oh, zing. <laughs> zing. Good one. Good one. And Michael Binhock said that Ripley and Alien, uh, the part was written for a man before they cast uh, Sigourney. Oh, you're on first you name see, basis. There before. you go. That's two examples of really great, strong female lead movies, but was originally written for men. Yeah. yeah. There's something about it. Maybe they should do that more often. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyhow, my point was that, okay. <laughs> that these that move these comic books were written uh in from a very sexist point of view not not overtly sexist but they were, were written for the audience of a, an adolescent boy yeah and so to make them interesting for adult women now is trying to like it's shoehorning something in mm, that's a good point and so i think that there needs to be and, and of course now in the past uh 10 15 years there are better uh, female characters in comic books. You've got, you know, your Electras and um, and your Harley Quinns. So you, they are more sophisticated. So I think that eventually, that when that becomes more canon, you know, part of the lore, that will make for a better movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, if it's okay with you, uh, can I, I read you this tweet from Joseph Douglas Watson? You may. He say, "I must be listening, man, because I love listening to you all." That's so sweet. 
uh, <laughs> I thought he said, must be listening, man. I must be listening, man. Oh, that's very listening, nice. Man. That's really nice. Did you know, speaking of Joseph Douglas Watson, he made me a beautiful illustration. Did you, you can see? You can go it? on the, um, the I, did I favorite it? Did you favorite it or Anyhow, retweet it? Go on uh, at Giselle.net and you will see the, the picture is very, very well done. Yeah, he did a great job. He's really a clever artist. He has a youthful, vibrant style that is uh, warm and edgy at the same time. I'd, I really like his style very much. Cuppy Nerd Cakes would love to see a Runaways movie. I think that would be awesome. Um, that would be that would be a really good movie. I'll bet that's in in development. I think a Captain Marvel one is in development too. Captain Marvel is a female, I think. Um, well, anyhow, moving on. What you got? Well, okay. So um, Mother's Day was Sunday, and uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers listening. Thank you. And if you're a mother, a mother. listening, you should. Um, not listen because it's going to corrupt your kids somehow. <laughs> um, but uh, I was, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about uh, there are people in the world who don't have a good relationship with their mother. They they really didn't. They got very unlucky on the mother front and they have mothers who are mentally unwell or selfish people who tear down their children. There are legitimate uh, reasons why some people is not in contact with their mothers. Mm -hmm. And I know that Mother's Day is very hard for them. Uh, so it was just interesting to see on the internet some discussion of that. And also then I've heard of this thing now in Asian cultures, which is why I bring it up, maybe you know about it, called filial piety. Have you heard of this? Go on. It's the idea that children should respect their parents at all costs. That the children do not exist separately from the parents. Their job is to respect and support and uh, the parents adhere to the parents' wishes. And that there, are, there was even a thing where some guy was proving his filial piety by eating the bodily waste of his father. And that is a little bit too filially pious for me. Where did you hear that? On the internet, where everything is true. I don't believe that. Okay, I will have to do research. I want photograph. No, I don't want photographic. <laughs> no, you don't want. Tyson, can you research filial piety, uh, son eating, eating father's uh, poo? Yeah, excrement. I think was the word they use. Well, see, like when there are these cultural dogma, like dogmas, yeah. that are ingrained in society. Like it, it's not. You know what it does is it. Like, what if you're a shitty parent, you know? Right, but that's the thing. In so, like, the, I, th I like the idea of being, you know, you have to earn that filial piety yeah, as a parent. I agree with you, but I just was reading about how in Asian cultures, traditionally, maybe it's changing. Why are, you, why are you attacking my people? I'm wondering, in China, when you was living there, never... <laughs> Your parents did not even live there, or did they? They was born here, right? Your parents? Uh, my father was born 
there. Uh, how, how old was he? When he left when he was 10, I think. Oh, so just as a but, young child. Yeah. But do you, do you know anything about this? About the, the, it is. Well, I know that there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of expectation to serve your parents. And I think that that's in the Old Testament as well, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, it's part of a lot of culture. And I think in Middle Eastern countries, it's true. Um, but I think, you know, I think as cultures ev like evolve and break from these things and embrace sort of, uh, you know, modern ideals that they naturally drift away from that. And I, I think you'll probably see that in China that will become less and less important as it becomes more and more developed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So filial piety. In, uh, in Korea, they had a thing called Single Mother's Day because I guess they're... Um, if you're an unwed mother there, it's looked down upon. You won't get married. You won't get jobs. And oh. so they're trying to break that social stigma there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, I don't think it's going anywhere soon. I was um, dealing with some of the stuff from my mother, you know, and just thinking a lot about this. My mother have a very, very strong personality. That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> and so she have gone now she died in 2012 and it was really hard for me and I still miss her and I'm very sad all the time for that but also I'm starting to uh, think about my relationship with her like what the heck just happened for 45 years you know who mm -hmm. who uh, because part of me was afraid of her all my life right up till the very end you know and I'm an adult lady but she was really strong, my mother. So it's interesting for me to think and try to uh, get some insight into what our relationship was like and how she affected me growing up and who I am now. But one thing that I'm doing is uh, have to um, get rid of some of her papers. She have all this, you know, her credit card uh, statements and things like this. And so I have found out about uh, shredding services to oh. go and get it, just sh all these papers, old papers of my mother's to have them shredded. Uh -huh. And I know uh, she was very concerned with her privacy and security and record keeping. And so I was feeling very close to her as I was going through these papers and preparing them to be shredded and thinking in a way it feel like a little bit of a holy act to do this shredding. Ah, yeah, like you burn papers in, in Asian, uh, you know, to pay tribute to your your uh, lost relatives. Do you burn their papers or any paper? No, you burn money is what you do. But you burn fake money. Oh. You know? And you burn items that, that they you want to have them in the afterlife. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know? This one is, a, I like that, but this, my feeling is a little bit different. This is more like... Um, Closing out her account in a very respectful way, her the account of her existence, mm -hmm. because she don't exist anymore except in my memory and in my DNA and cells, you know, and in people's memory. Uh, so this is a way of closing out her papers in a way that is secure, and she would feel good about okay, we're being nice and secure. 
But still it feels so strange because these things just a few years ago mean so much to her and now they mean nothing. And actually it's like that in the flip of a switch, you know, the second she die, all these things that she owned and had, they have so much meaning. Then she die, now they have no meaning. It's very strange. Hmm. Very strange. Your well, so objects was, are going to outlive you. It was cathartic. By far. Though. Yeah. It's Good. very cathartic. I have not gone to the shredding yet. Still, I'm just sorting. I have a shredder if you want to borrow it. No, no, that's the point. I was, I have a shredder too, and I oh, was doing it, one page at a time, take yeah, me half yeah. a day. But they have these community shredding events with professional shredders. Just a gallon of gasoline, match, done. <laughs> I'm not going to do it that way. Um, Darren and Tyson both had uh, TV show ideas. One is uh, Hipster Pickles. Uh, I love that. Hipster Pickles PI new this fall to the CW. And um, Tyson said, new sitcom idea, shit my dad forces me to eat as a sign of respect. Hashtag morning show. It's morning show. That's I've, a good one I'm too. I'm down for it. Uh, actually, CW is doing Legends. Uh, that's the new uh, Arrow spinoff with um, Brandon Ruth, who played Superman, but he'll be playing Adam in this one. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to. We might have the showrunner on the show, uh, so we can. Uh, but we'll wait till he. Uh, we'll get him on the show, Phil Clemmer. Um, and uh, okay, well, I don't know where the fuck Dan is. Fuck that guy. I knew it. I knew he would not come. Maybe yeah. he still will. What Maybe time he is will. it? Do we have it's, to do the top of the hour? It's top of the hour. You gonna do it or me? You can do it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Smart Go Radio Network, and it is the top of the hour. <laughs> that was more or less correct. Yeah. Is the, am I supposed to say it differently? No, you, you get to say whatever the fuck you want because it's your top of the hour, not anybody else's. You can you don't even have to say mention us. You can just say it's this is just a, and I am just talking because it's the top of the hour. And then that would be fine. Hey, so I really like the television show uh, High Maintenance. Uh-huh. It's nice. It have moved to HBO this season, I think. Oh, but it's not a t- TV show though, right? Oh, it was a web, but now I think it's on HBO. I don't know. But anyway, it's called High Maintenance. But uh, one of the characters proposed one of those thought experiment questions to the other. And I thought it was a good question. And it is this. Would you rather... Which would you rather do? Launch a baby from a catapult? Done. Or catch a baby from a catapult? Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah, it is. Would you rather launch a baby or catch the baby? Um, I'll catch a baby. You would be responsible I mean, for catching yeah, the well, baby? Yeah, I wouldn't. I would, I'm not a great catcher. but You had to stand way out in the field. I understood. I mean, that, that's... Ex- and try to run and catch the baby. Because if you catch the baby... You're the big hero. You're the big hero. And if you launch the baby, you're an asshole. And if you drop the baby, you tried your hardest. You tried. Oh, you tried your hardest, which yes. Darren point out is worth five points in rugby. And he didn't mention it was worth five points. You mentioned it. No, was he worth did. He, and twist- he said it was points, but how you score. But I didn't. No, then he say something about five points. Oh. he do. Well, you know something about rugby too. I do. Uh, filial oh, piety. I'm sorry, Christopher Brown have tweeted me, and he say five points in union or four points in league. Ah. Right, which are you a fan of? Union. Okay. Uh, That's the way rugby is supposed to be played. Met 15 players. Rugby union. And also, Helmut, you know, is big into rugby. 
That's mm. why I have got into it. I know. We was uh, somewhere and they have on the TV some uh, British rugby 15s. And he was saying, you know, there is a notable difference in the quality of British rugby to uh, Super 14 rugby. You know, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. All blacks. And all blacks. Yeah, yeah. It's just a different level of playing down under. Like more intense, better? Better. better. More skill. Yeah. But that's the national sport in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing that a country that small can be so dominant in. in yeah, I know. There's yeah. only four million people or so in the whole country. Yeah. We have that in LA and still they kick our butts. Uh, there's a museum, uh, by the way, thank you, Tyson, for finding this, devoted to filial piety in China. Devotion to one's parents was the core value of China's ancient sage Confucius. Although, and this gets to my point, three decades of rapid growth have put families under great strain. I don't think that they put families under great strain. They put that concept of filial piety under great strain. I think families will be just fine. They'll just change, you know. And they'll become more um, more democratic. And I don't think that's a terrible thing. Um, I think some traditions are best left as historical footnotes. Uh Wait, what were we just talking about before that? Uh, oh, oh uh, before... Catch a baby. Oh, catch a baby. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Launch a baby, catch a baby. And that's that was your takeaway from from High Maintenance? I really like that show. That was just the one thing that I was mentioning at the moment. But it's a funny show and it's nuanced. Is that the word? Nuance. Nu... Nu... Subtle. <laughs> Subt... <laughs> Subtle. Subtle. The subtle fuge. Uh, do you watch the uh, uh, Broad City? No, I have not seen it, but I've heard good things. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, Dan doesn't show up. Okay. Uh, thank you, Chris. Um, Lucifer on Fox. I don't know what that is, Jeff, but that, if, I'll look it up. Um, what about. Amy Schumer. Amy. I like her. Yeah. Now, what do you? Th- what did you watch? Uh, not last night's, but last week's. No, I have not seen that yet. But you was telling me about it. So it's a single episode. Uh, it's a <laughs> it's a complete um, spoof of Twelve Angry Men with Jeff Goldblum, Paul Giamatti, uh, just a, a, a whole host of great actors. Um, what's his name? Uh, Chris Gethard and uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Just a, just a really interesting group of actors all in a room reenacting 12 Angry Men, except in the case that they're deciding is whether um, Amy Schumer is hot enough for TV. And the oh. whole, uh, the whole, practically the whole uh, episode is devoted to this one sketch. And it's really like interesting and clever and funny, too, because the, at one point dildos come out and it's, it's pretty... Oh, and uh, John Hawks is in it and who's just a fantastic actor and they're just so committed while they're waving dildos at each other you know and to to the aesthetic of 12 angry men i got to see it and it's just really well written and it got me thinking about uh first of all that show is fantastic you've got great writing team on there um and and just really challenging challenging uh sketches you know they had they Mm -hmm. had the one about the um, the Friday Night Lights mm-hmm. one where no raping, you know, this season we're going to do no raping. <laughs> but what if my mom's a DA and won't prosecute? Still, no raping! You know? 
She, I like her because she really, she's unafraid and she talk about what seem to me real issues that are fa- facing young women these days mm-hmm. in the dating scene and am I hot or not and, you know, image and what it means to be a lady. Uh, the pressures that are put on last on young fuckable women. day. Did you see that sketch? Oh, that's good. It was a really funny one. Yeah, so I really <laughs> like her, and I also I really love when female comedians can make fun of themselves, which she do. She make fun of her own looks. Yeah. Um, Same thing with Melissa McCarthy. She make fun of her looks and her size, and she's not afraid to play with that. Yeah. I don't. She doesn't make fun of her size, does she? Uh, n- not with words directly, but she have bits like in uh, the one. Bridesmaids. She, no, no, no. The um, it starts with an M. She was a lady. Okay. A recent movie, and Susan Sarandon play her mother. Uh-huh. Anyway, in that movie, she's trying to. She's a stick-up. She's trying to rob a fast food store, and she go to hop over the counter, but she can't get over the counter because she's too big. So oh, she's huff-huff trying to climb up on this counter. So that kind of physical comedy based on the fact that she's big. Um, I like that. So uh, that episode of Amy Schumer just made me think of like bottle episodes. Uh, that's technically not a bottle episode but is that you mean like a one-off a one-off a bottle episode yeah. and so how do it get that name you can bottle it up uh i guess it takes place in a bottle i don't know that's a really oh. good question like a terrarium like a terrarium. or like perfume like i'm gonna spritz myself with a little amy schumer yeah what's that what's that fat ugly stench it's the smell of skank I just saw a car pull up. We'll see uh, whether it's uh, who we think it is. Um, but, uh, like, and I guess they would do it, um, bottle episodes when they, and it would take place in one location. And, oh, yeah. And uh, because they didn't, whether it's budget issues or whether it's they're running out of time and just needed to bang something out, whether they couldn't get an actor. And, uh, you know, they've done it on Seinfeld. They do it in the, there's that one in the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. And they, oh, yeah. they've done it on Community a couple times where they've been really, really clever. And they mention the very meta and self-aware and self-referential. Yeah. Um, but uh, do, you, do you think of... I like it. I like it all because this is, again, very exciting time. Everybody's doing something creative and experimental. And it's fun for writers, I think. It's a yeah. challenge. Like, how can I make something interesting with within one location also um people uh, entertainers these days are entertainers on many many platforms and it's just getting more and more so so they make movies and they do a tv show and they go on a podcast and then podcast people go to youtube and then they get cast in a little movie like my friend flula who is actually i've not met him but i love flula Who's Flula? You know Flula? He's big in uh, YouTube star. He's German too. And he's now in that movie Pitch Perfect 2. Oh. And uh, His name is Flula? Flula, yeah. You look him up on, okay. on YouTube. And he's, he's funny. Oh, yeah. He's a funny. He's really out there. Uh-huh. I smell aftershave. Do you yeah, smell aftershave? Somebody come in smelling like ex-body spray. And it's funny that he would have aftershave and he's hirsute facially. That's right. What have you been shaving? <laughs> ah, damn it. Hi. 
Hello, How Dan. Are you? Hey, it's Dan Etheridge. Hey, everybody Dan. out there. Welcome, Dan. Ooh, I was, didn't mean to open with a mute. Hey, doggies. I didn't even. I, I, I have, oh, my gosh. Hey, you know what? I should say hello to them. Hi, dogs. Hi, dogs. Hello. We had written you off, Dan. Well, I told you that I was uh, coming in for the, in the second ten- hour of the no, show. You said Wait. you would try to. Come. You said you would try to, and I did not know if you was trying to have an out. If maybe you was too tired. Or no, you know what it is. First of all, le- you know, let's start from the beginning. Hello to you. Hello, Dan. Good nice to, see, to you. see you. And hello, Marty. You and hello, dogs. Beautiful dogs that he's shepherding away. And hello, everybody out there. Not in that order. If I was going to pick an order, it would have been hello to you, and then that's me, Gisela. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, then hello to all the, the, the fans listening. Then hello to all the fans who are not listening live, but will be listening later. Then hello to you, Marty. And then hello to the beautiful dogs. Again. That would be the order. Oh, that, okay. that's order. But, it, but it's such a close hey, order. Hey, I beat the dogs. You could, yeah, I could shift that around Thanks, in any Dan. which way. Um, the reason I was, I did say I was going to try to come in is because I'm leaving tomorrow for the first time I'm going to go. To the upfronts in New York oh. City, and so I today there's a lot of things what that have to get upfronts? done to tee that. The upfronts are where the networks uh, officially announce their schedules. Though over the last week or so, we've they they're canceling shows and renewing shows. And we're very forever. Uh, yes, uh, I don't know what that means. No, uh, forever, oh, oh, the TV oh, show. oh, I thought you were talking about R.I.P.D. the Ryan Reynolds movie, and I thought you were like R.I.P.D. forever. It was just out of nowhere. <laughs> the Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Bridges it's movie. R.I.P.D. That's the first R.I.P.D. reference of 2015. Well, yeah, and the last. Um, yeah, I know. R.I.P. forever. And it is a shame because we have a lot of good friends who worked on that, on that terrific show. Um, so we were very grateful, as you may have known. I'm sorry to just come in and start. No, please. Yeah, go okay, for it. Right. We're excited. To um, ha- thank hear, you for having hear me. Hear what you have to say. Well, um, it, we were very excited that uh, iZombie got a season two. Um, ah, and we were just great. Congratulations. Congratulations. As Marty well knows. You can't uh, wait back to get back to can- Canada. Canada. No, I'm looking forward to going Canada. back to Vancouver and making great television. Vancouver. I've been working in TV now for, oh my God, 11 years. I've been working in TV for 11 years. Marty and I have been in Hollywood for 25 years. I've been working in TV for 11 years. And all of our shows, we, we one show is a huge flop, but the other ones have been like, you know, cult shows, rabid fans, I think, just, you know, deservedly show. They've been, I'm basically talking about Veronica Mars and Party Down. Um, and, uh, and for me also, Carrie Diaries. Um, but the ratings have never been there. So we could have been canceled at any given moment in any given episode. And the fact that we were renewed, like on Veronica Mars, was kind of a mistake, you know, with almost the network, like, well, we really don't want to have to do this, but it looks like we got to renew you. So this is the Who first that time. One through? I know, like yeah. exactly. Yeah. This is the first time where we've had solid ratings. We're basically the number three show on the network, and we felt really good about renewal. You never want to, you know, until until it happens, you never want to be cocky about it or assume anything. But we felt very good about our possibility for a season two, and in fact, at the moment that we should have, they came in with a very gracious and wonderful, "Hey, you have a season two. It's the first time in 11 years where I've ever had that happen, and it was a really lovely experience. Um, oh, well, congratulations. congratulations. Thanks, to TV. You. That's great. <laughs> well, I was, I was, I was not so much, you know, trying to patting us on the back, but just like, I'm, it's nice to once have good karma instead of, you know, marginal karma or weird. Sure, it so. must be tense. You know, yeah. I really like that show Party Down. You oh, was thank you, you very much. work on that? He yes, created uh, it. I was one of the four creators of it. Oh, along with, uh, it's a great show. Oh, thanks very much. Thanks. You, it was such a funny 
premise and concept that you could do so much with, and your casting was impeccable. You know, it was really initially it was a and it was basically. You know, Rob and John and Paul and I had been friends for years and kind of been trying to get it going and, and failing. And then Rob ponied up and said, let's shoot it in my backyard on just an indie pilot. Nobody does that. And Rob has, has a lot of balls and he did that. And, um, so we just kind of asked our friends that uh, we Joss knew to Whedon, do it. Joss Whedon did a whole movie. In yeah, his backyard. very true. Like they got, they got, so, so, you know, Adam Scott was a pal and Jane Lynch was a pal of Paul's and Ken Marino we'd, was on Veronica Mars. And, and, uh, so, you know, Ryan Hint. So it was just like, let's ask our pals. And it ended up being a wonderful cast. And, of course, they've all gone on to, to greater things. Yeah. Martin Starr is blowing up. Oh, Silicon Valley is so good. Yeah, and yeah, so I good. But he's also so in, like, yeah. this... He plays a soldier in this movie. Where, oh, I heard. Yeah. It's, it's, it's supposed to be a, a different turn for him. It's supposed to be quite great. Yeah. Um, I'm a little nervous yeah. for Adam Scott. Because it seemed like he is not finding his real power... Position yet? He keeps having sort of uh, supporting roles. I think he's amazing yeah. and fantastic, but I want him to find that real that thing where he can just take off that next punch through. I do, you know, I do yeah. think and I do he's think, a lovely fellow. Yeah, and, and let's not discount Parks because the truth is, is people who knew comedy and were sort of a little, I think, inside Hollywood knew who Adam was, and you know, with Party Down, you know, really knew who. But I mean, Parks elevated him to a different level. I think. Now he's good. I don't think it's like his time has passed. I think now is his moment to strike. Yeah, what? so I can't wait to see yeah, what he's going to strike. He's going to strike. And there's this movie coming out, an indie movie that made a big splash at Sundance that is his wife uh, produced, Naomi. She's a great producer, so I don't want to make it sound like, you know, his wife. She's a terrific producer, and she happens to be his wife. Um, and it's called... Uh, she was a producer on The Man Show. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, we started out doing uh, interstitial stuff for, I think, Kimmel and... Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the. I want to say it's called the the overnight. We'll never know. We'll never be able to find out. <laughs> if only there was a machine here in our house that could tell us information. Oh my god! I think I have bronchitis. Um. Yes, it's him, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, oh, and uh, it's supposed great. to be terrific. Oh yeah, I can't it's supposed wait to be terrific. That. The poster. I saw a poster for it. I can't say the poster, but I saw a poster of it. That um, the tagline is it's it's a great poster because it harkens back to a time where you try to do something iconographic rather than you know like just a shadowed face and you know something like memorably iconographic and basically it looks like kind of a giant asterisk on a black piece of paper just an asterisk it's the overnight the overnight and so it's a giant asterisk but the slogan is the 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 tagline is pucker up so uh, it's not really just an asterisk Uh, I don't get it it's Accent well, Marty, on the S. Re- yeah, that's a pretty good way to put it. <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping. Is that why they call it an asterisk? Asterisk. Uh, asterisk. You mean no, because that would mean tourist would mean something. Yeah, it and means it means you have an ass to it, risk. <laughs> I guess I'm we, gonna risk. I guess we all do, though. Isn't that just the mere fact of being human? Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna risk it. <laughs> Apparently, he's filming Krampus right now. Oh, nice. Tony Collette. Nice. So that's that's a, a shout out to uh, past uh, shows. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was uh, in upstate Stop New York, touching the mic, visiting. I like doing that. I no, like, it's, like it's really noisy. I like though. grabbing the mic. It's, uh, <laughs> it, um, so I remember I was uh, in upstate New York in one of those sort of Ichabod Crane kind of Hudson Valley towns, and we'd stumbled upon. It was there were some friends that we stumbled upon. Um, it was in the town of Rhinebeck, 
Rheinbeck. Rheinbeck, yeah. They were having a, uh, it was like a Krampus slash Sinterklaas uh, celebration. Yeah, and and in those old Dutch towns, they have these, uh, like Sinterklaas is this, like Krampus is this kind of menacing figure of fear that is the Dutch version of Santa Claus. And it's kind of a Mardi Gras thing, the way that it's celebrated. There's lots of banging of drums and weird masks with faces. And basically, it's to scare the holy fuck out of the kids into acting good. You know, we mutated into the American like, ho, 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 you're naughty and nice. Sinterklaas looks like you act fucking good, kids, or want to cut your head off. That's good. And, you know, and that's why the Dutch are Filial really piety. so well-behaved. Did must be. Um, must be. So a lot of shouts out uh, for um, iZombie and congratulations. Thank you. That's so very nice. Uh, and then Darren says, I think iZombie's success is down to all the British actors on that show. What about the Kiwi actress on that show? That's right. She's not British, Darren. That's and Kiwi. David Anders, not British either. That's right. Uh, Robert fine? Buckley, not British. Yeah. Raul Coley, British. <laughs> uh, Malcolm Goodwin, not British. So I don't. I think Darren, you're stretching the theory. Yeah. With yeah. Um, do we get more Dave Anders in this? And by the way, uh, I guess we we shouldn't really call it Britain anymore. Shouldn't we call it Little England? <laughs> <laughs> I know what's going on over there, Darren. I'm reading up on the whole Cameron thing. Aren't they talking got, about leaving the European yeah, Union? Yeah, you know, Cameron had to make some big sops to his right wing, and now you're going to have a referendum. I don't know. It's going to stall business. By the, I don't know, three years from now, it might be tiny little England. But you know what? I'm an Anglophile, Darren, so don't take this as ribbing. I'm rooting for you. Now, I'm you, rooting for you. You were just uh, across the pond. I did. I did, took did, a hop across the pond. And um, did you uh, make it to England? Uh, I was at Heathrow for three hours. So I guess you really don't love England that much. You're I have been Anglo- to England Anglophile. before, so I opted for some new adventures in Can- Barcelona, Madrid, Bilbao, San Sebastian, Biarritz, okay. Arcachon, Mont Saint Michel, Which- Normandy, Bruges, wah, and Amsterdam, and Paris. Wah, wah. Uh-huh. That's the way I found it because I was going Rouen, and somebody just went, "No, it's." Wah. <laughs> <laughs> This brings me to a, a, a certain segment honk. here that I want to get to. Mailbag? European edition. That's so for nice. For Dan. <laughs> so here's the first softball. You ready? Yes, ma'am. What was the most delicious thing you ate in Europe? Who was the um <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no um what was the most delicious thing I ate in Europe? Okay, give me a second. I'm going to answer this okay. seriously. I, but yeah. I mean, I had I went through Basque country, so it, it was like oh, did you have? Can I say the, the be, one of the best adventures? Because it, it may not be the best dish. Well, uh, no, well, the be, most delicious thing you ate is completely contextual. You know? Okay, it's, well, it, San Sebastian is. Maybe the biggest foodie city in the world. Maybe like Lyon probably is like, and and San Sebastian is well known for being an amazing Barcelona, food city. more more so than Barcelona. Barcelona is all gin and tonics. Yeah. By the way, does anyone know Spain is Gaga for gin and tonics? Like like the way that we have tequila bars here, and they list like fifty tequilas. You can do anything. Like that's what they do with gin and gin and tonic, especially. Now I'm a gin and tonic fan. I love gin. 
But once I'll, you put tonic in second, the gin, I'll, I'll, I'll get you one. Yeah, that'd be great. Once you put tonic in the gin, you know the tin generally can be like you know whatever, and the tonic's going to do whatever. But there are all the restaurants, even the high end restaurants, will advertise outside with twenty gins for our gin and tonics. It's the national do craze they have, drink. Do they have multiple tonics too? No, that's the funny thing. It's always Schweppes in a little bottle. So it's you know, like we have mixology here, and there is some of that in Spain. Gin and tonics with a specialty gin list is the. I don't know how long it's, it's been going on, but long enough that menus are printed up in that way. But some people, you know, they make their own tonics. They use it, make their own quinines. And I, but I never came across that there. I would just you come should across. go to when you're in New York. Go to Booker yeah. and Dax, and they're famous for their gin G and Ts. Fantastic. It's mm. uh, it's yeah. it was just an unusual culture experience that that was the the that thing. Yeah, the thing, and it felt like it had been the thing for a while because there were. Menus printed out. It wasn't like just like it happened this year, you know. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so in San Sebastian, they uh, old town there has a million, uh, you know, tapas bars, or as they call them, I, I'm going to misprint like pincho, pincho bars. Uh, okay, and um, they they're some of the best in the world. So the hotels have maps to like forty of them down. There's like forty or fifty of them down there, and from lunch or dinner, people will pincho hop. And so I got there, and I got pincho hopping. <clears throat> uh, I can't remember. The, oh, nope, I did. So I'm quoting the phrase trademark. <laughs> pincho mark. Yeah, pincho bar hopping. So, so I gotten a list of like the, the the like four or five of the best ones, and what was the best thing they get. And so I think the best collective meal was I, I arrived in San Sebastian, and it, <clears throat> I splurged in a hotel because there's one old school hotel called Maria Cristina. It's this great grand dam hotel right next to Old Town on the River. And wait, one of the wait, wait, what city is this? Uh, San Sebastian. So Maria Cristina San Sebastian, do you think that Hotel Maria Cristina? Yes. Do you Sebastian. think that um, Woody Allen got it wrong? He got the cities mixed up. Oh, oh, uh, oh! Vicky Cristina Burger. Um. So I was parking was a big deal. So this was kind of cool. I splurged on Maria, Maria Cristina because they had they had a uh, valet parking, which no hotels have in Europe, it seems. And you had so, a car. Yes, and so I pulled right up, and it was just at lunchtime. I pulled up, and I just did one of those things, not obnoxiously, but just like because it's an expensive hotel. And so one time I was spurging, and I knew like this is part of the thing. You tossed him the keys. I literally tossed him the keys. I said, "Etheridge, checking in, but I got to go get lunch. Just have it sent up to the room." <laughs> and, then, and it was great. I had never done anything like, and I did do obnoxiously. I tipped him, and it wasn't like ugly ah. American. But no, no, but it was ugly just no, and he was like. He caught the keys out of the air and he said, Will do, Mr. Etheridge. And I dashed off and for two hours I just I had By the this way, map while he's t- describing this, he's doing a lot of pointing like, Hey Ace. You, you know, like yeah. Yeah. but it was Keep not it a douchey one. Keep it somehow, close to the house. None of this as douchey as it sounds was douchey. It it just felt right. Yes. It had I a can, joie de vivre. I can about picture it. it. And uh so I hopped to to like four places getting sort of a glass of wine and their specialty at each place and it took about two hours and each each little bit of tapas was one of the best things I'd ever mm. had. And I was things like foie gras and a certain, like a wa- wagyu. Is that like a type mm-hmm. of beef? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a burger, a couple other, you know, classic items. And it was just extraordinary. Very good. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and uh, what were you drinking with that? Gin and tonic? No, no, no. I, they, I would, I would ask them to recommend a wine that would go with their, oh, their, their sort of classic thing. And they would pour me some, they would pour me a pour. And, but it was, you know, it was bustling with people. And it was sort of like an, it was sort of like, you know, you see those like 1950s New York and people are going to work and they go, they pop into one of the coffee delis and the, everybody's like, coffee, white, coffee, thing, bagel toasted. And they're reaching over each other and the people are handing it out. That was what the top is where I felt like, except that it was 
a little, uh, but upscaley version of that. Gotcha. Oh, you're so cosmopolitan. Oh. Well, just this once. Look were you wearing a linen suit? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> no, Did I you was have wearing this exact outfit I've got on so right now? So cashmere sweater. <laughs> nope. Merino wool. Oh, but it's very fine. I don't wear fine. cashmere. I love me my J Crew. Right, and here's and our sponsors today: J Crew V neck sweaters, merino wool. Please send me a lot. And very nice. What Dax, size do you like? Large, drinks. large. Very nice. You yes. have on one in charcoal. Yeah, charcoal, and they're out. You know, it's summertime, so now they're down to like you know rust and light blue, which are my least favorite. But but I bought them anyway. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, a good look for you. What Thank was you, the Martin. most uh, touristy thing you did in your European vacation? Um, well, that's the, the, uh, it's an easy answer, but it's but it's sort of not a joke answer. Um, well, Mont Saint Michel well, I mean, is a, a tourist attraction. No, no, but I know, but touristy has a negative ring, and in this case, oh, I have to I, say I, they were meaningfully. I touristy. don't think that. Yes, it does, but this is not what I mean. I think that there's certain touristy things that you kind of have to do. If you've never been to Paris, you go to the Louvre. It's not going to be that That's great, right. but you, you would. You, you got to the Eiffel Tower in the Louvre, and having already, I went to Paris, but having already done that stuff, I didn't do that stuff then. Um, th- two things. One is Mont Saint Michel, which is the the 11th century monastery oh, built on a mountain in the middle of a. Ooh. It's in the middle of a. A vast estuary where the we got low tide or high tide. Well, I I went in at low tide, which is the middle of the day. Um, because the reason Marty's asking, saying that is because the tide change there is 50 feet. And, and so what happens is, in, right? yeah, in the, in the, when the tide's out, you can walk out. I mean, now there's a causeway, but in the old days, you could walk out through the mud, trying to avoid the quicksand to get to the monastery and the medieval town, which is massive. But if you got caught in the tide, which comes in and at it, go, it rises 50 feet, you were a dead man. If you were halfway through it, that was going to rush in or if the fog set in. So it was a very dangerous – it was very, like, dangerous geographical place to get and to. And once you was there, you had to <clears throat> stay the night? Well, the tides are very predictable, so they would be every 12 hours. So it would just depend on the circulation of the tides. But you – but if you – but, you know, I think in the 1250, they, you know, getting information out about the tide. So it was a good way for people to like invaders might come along or people, you know, who wanted to wish them well, uh, uh, ill. And, you know, they get lost in the fog or they get trapped in the quicksand or they get drowned. Anyway, so that was beautiful and interesting. But the Normandy beaches were the poignant turret. Like that was, I mean, I stood on Utah Beach, which oh, yeah. miraculously Utah Beach, they have not really touched. There's just crumbling Nazi bunkers there and there's no there, it's still cow pastures right up to the dune and then the the, the dunes with crumbling pillboxes and things like that. Wow. And so I stood alone on Utah Beach and was like, okay, this is exactly where these guys Don't you feel like time collapses? It does. And, it did. And, and yes. Yeah, yeah very much yeah. so. And then less so like Omaha Beach was different because they some people have started to build vacation homes nearby, but the, so there's a monument, but nevertheless, I was still, you could, you could kind of tune some of that out and going like, I am standing at, at the, on, I think it was Big Red sector of Omaha Beach. I mean, and, and looking at the valley and then I saw a film and I'm like, oh, this is exactly where it basically is like saving private Ryan. Did they film it there? Yeah. Uh, no, they couldn't because it's, right. it's not quite. And then Point to Hook, which is where the army rangers had to scale those massive cliffs straight up. That's and amazing. I was standing on that cliff and looking like, 
you're fucking kidding me. And they were just people getting... went up this and actually successfully. Right, right, wow. right. You would just this. think like they would just get picked off and oh, fall off. Uh, you, and... you look at it, you go like, no way, right? No way. Carrying, Turn the boat around. Carrying go back to guns England. and ammo not while they're doing yeah. that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I, no, and I don't just... mean to sound light. Like it was so poignant and moving because you're like anybody who anybody who even thought that that could work was crazy and the bravery involved is beyond my <laughs> be like where's private that. you we found him in the hiding shivering in a footlocker <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well and you know, i would not blame him 100 i once um, went to stand in gettysburg yes in the united no. states where there was some civil war battles and they yes. say this field is where this battle took place and all these guys died here and it's a beautiful summer day and it's a lovely field now yes and it it it's give me a strange feeling the way time goes on and we have our little stories as hum- humankind yes. and we're fighting and bickering and it seems so momentous and then time roll on and it's just another sunny it, day. I had this, it, it's so funny you say this, quite sincerely, I had this and I wrote somebody about this, I this exact same meditation that you, you, you had when I was standing in a, in a what was it, a cow field uh, off of right now, right on Utah Beach and I was standing here and thinking and looking at the few cows, the same it's still very much a, a super rural mm. and going like for about six weeks, the fate of the globe, the fate of mankind rested on who controlled these cow pastures. I mean, you know, it really did. Yeah. But I mean, it speaks to what you're saying is like, and then, and then I draw, I happened to drive through where Battle of the Somme was, which is these, you know, it's, it's exactly what you see in the movies, this vast rolling hill landscape that is all now just like dandelions and things like that. And you, and you look and you go like, and again, the history of man on these fields that right now, like literally are not worth anything. I mean, they're good farming land or what have you, but time no, moves on. Yeah, yeah. It's like these plots of land because of where they're located. Like it's a cow pasture. It was the entire future it, of mankind. It makes me think of Gallipoli. Who controlled that cow pasture? Yeah. <laughs> Gallipoli, when they're going across the, um, the two guys are going across the desert and they run into this old prospector. Yes. Who gives them food, you know, and, and, uh, and he's like, you know, where, where are you headed? And they're like, oh, we're going to go join the army, you know, and we're going to go fight in, in, uh, in Europe. And they're like, well, why are you going out there? And he's like, well, if we don't stop them there, they're going to take over this country, Australia. Ooh, right. And then the old guy looks across like this vast expanse of wasteland and goes, they can bloody well have it. <laughs> yeah, <you know>. <laughs> and it, it also reminded me, and, and you know, the, the flip side, because believe me, it was extremely moving. The cemetery at Normandy is the, one of the most moving. So, I, so complete respect to everything that occurred there and the, the men and women who died there. The, you know, Catch-22 on the other side of things, which is, you know, most wonderful anti-war novel, there's this character in it, you know, an old man in Italy, and I think, you know, one of the younger American soldiers comes in and then, and the old man is like, uh, you know, he doesn't care who's taking over Italy. And then the, and the guy's like, well, don't you, you care that we win? And the guy's like, Ugh. They win, you win, we'll still be here. They've won, you've won, we'll still be here. Like it is so a sense the, of like yeah. the the wars roll in and roll out and roll so in, maybe in the, the grand scheme of time. So maybe yeah. the battle of Dandelion Hill was not that important. Well, uh, yeah, I mean like but to imagine like 
what was I, I forget. I'm going to say the wrong figure. Well, you know, like 150,000 uh, troops died on 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 this battle of the Somme hill today on one day. And you're like, oh, good God. I wonder if we, do you think we will ever get to a point where we don't fighting as much? No. You think it's in our nature? I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess I don't say that with, uh, I, I still have hope for pe- all these things. I hope we evolve. But like, again, it, it's funny you're asking, because maybe, maybe, fields like Gettysburg and normally bring out these meditations because the things you're asking are things that I really did think a lot about. And I was kind of like, you know, I think mankind, it's not just a minor evolutionary leap. We need to make some sort of massive, massive evolutionary leap to where the negative side of our human aspects, fear, jealousy, want, which are potent and real, won't drive us to war. Like, right. I, like I, it's not like a simple, it's not like tomorrow no, we all decide, it, it let's is, not fight because scarcity of resources leads to fear and, and want. And that's what if there's just, yeah. what if we figure out a way to make more resources? What if solar power is ubiquitous? And what if, like, well, right, again, but I it's still, still think the it's evolution. Being, yeah. I, I know what you're saying because yeah. you still have to make the evolutionary shift to value intellectual choices more than these, um, well, more base choices of scarcity and fear and selfishness and power. And, power. And, and, and it doesn't mean we all don't continue our journey to attempt an enlightenment and we don't work for peace. It doesn't mean we don't do these things. But I do fear that where humankind is evolutionary, it's going to be impossible Giselle, to squash out. These are supposed to be softballs. Okay? Oh, sorry. I, ha- <laughs> I, gave, <laughs> I gave you a hardball. <laughs> Don't worry, I can use a hard ball every once in a while. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of hard balls, uh, the last one is... <laughs> I guess these really... We really got into some... No, actually, no, Because no. The, the two questions you asked were... I really... Th- not just thought about him in passing. I was sitting on the beach meditating on the exact same things you well, were... Well, you, so you did not hesitate like in answering. Yeah. You know, did the same thing for you. And it yeah. is interesting how those those memorials... Are like not only to memorialize that, but they are good triggers. When for you go to a place things. where you know somebody has suffered, yes, somebody suffered here, and here I am, just having a nice summer stroll. Yes, on what, this what, place what that certain someone people suffered. were asked to do on this day. Yeah. you know, even on both sides to do on this day and this place. And what is that in that historical moment? That what does that mean about us? What is yeah. it? Yeah, it, it triggers all those things. Yeah. And why, that's why that oh, we just got delisted attraction. from iTunes from the comedy podcast. <laughs> so hmm. we'll, oh, we'll move over to the uh, peace and enlightenment. Sp- peace and enlightenment. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised we're not there already. Exploration. That's okay. So speaking of hard balls, this might be a redundant question, but what made you cry in Europe? Um. Um, okay. All right. It's not going to be a softball. Uh, it's going to be a hardball. I, this did make me cry. Uh, cry, get missed. I mean, like, uh, sobbing. The feelings. The feelings. Something. So we're in a, I'm visiting my friends, Oli and Tori in Amsterdam, and they live in sort of a, you know, nobody, nobody who lives in Amsterdam lives in that center area where all the, everybody's, all the yahoos are getting drunk and high, and that's fun, and you do that. But they lived in sort of the outer ring canals where Amsterdamers live, and it's a great city. It's so diverse. It's so interesting, and I really love that part of the city, and they live there. And we went, we were passing through just, you know, the neighborhood square, as those older cities have, just, you know, a little square, basically nondescript, but um, on our way to a restaurant. And in it, and people were setting up for something. We weren't quite sure what it was. And in it was, there were these long yellow uh, strips of balsa wood. And then 
that were sort of in an inconnect, a, a slightly connecting rectangular pattern. And then within that were these smaller strips of thicker wood, maybe about a foot long with, with names and colors on them. And we realized that it was a map of the neighborhood we were in. You know, the long strips were the streets and the smaller placards were the, were the names of the Jewish families that had been taken away to camps and murdered in World War II. Oh. And the, and, and it was hard to see that at first because the, there were, things were regularly clustered. There wasn't a symmetry. But once you realized it was a map and it was a thing, and then you realized the reason there were clusters is, you know, obviously certain neighborhoods, certain neighborhoods were just wall to wall the entire two blocks. Every single house was a, was a Jewish family. Every single house taken out and murdered in, in one of the camps. Look at as much as we know about the Holocaust, as much as we do remember, and as much as we, like we know intellectually, looking at that map and standing in that neighborhood and looking at that street and realizing, I don't know, it was just staggeringly moving how personal that particular memorial was. And it was because, as I found out, the next day was Liberation Day in Amsterdam, and that, that was part of the celebration. Um, there was a moment of silence at 8 uh, p.m. that uh, it was just an hour later where the whole country stops for two minutes for a moment of silence, which we didn't know about. And coincidentally, as is my usual farce, I'd scheduled a call with Rob to talk about director bookings for season two of iZombie at eight o'clock. And I said, I'll just step out of my dinner and go and do this. So I went to step out of my dinner and call Rob and start talking about director bookings at iZombie and the whole nation starts to get quiet. So fortunately, I, re- I, I got a sense of what I was going on and I stopped. One of those situations <laughs> where you, you're in the middle of a joke and they go silent and you go, S gravy! That's right. I mean, and I'm saying like, they shut down the metro, bus drivers stopped, turned down. Literally, it's almost, if you didn't know what it was, you'd be scared. You'd be like, I'm in a science fiction movie. Everybody's an alien and they all just turned off or something like that because it just stops and, and I'm you're so like glad. this asshole Hollywood producer. I know. I was. I like Kretschmer I was on this one. Just within minutes, yeah. because I, I realized, like, yeah, we got to get John Kretschmer for episode two because he's really good with da 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 da. da, da. Hello? Is it? No. I, hey, I'm talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> a little privacy here, huh? And people are shushing. I'm like, Shh, I'm doing business. Yeah, shush here. yourself. This is Hollywood. Yeah. I zombie yeah. season two. Jesus. Where's my car? So I came very close to being the most embarrassed and humiliated human being of all time, but I did not. And again, the the moment of silence was incredibly moving, incredibly moving because the whole nation really did stop. That's insane. That's 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 amazing. And you stepped out of the. What were they doing in the restaurant? Did they have a? No, you know, I I I said step out. We were actually eating on the patio, so we were overlooking the square. I stepped away from our table, Ah, kind of further into the square, but even from our table, I. You know, we, once we were involved in that, I could see the oh. square. It was, it was really a, you know, and there's obviously like not, not every human being was cognizant of it. I felt bad for him. But then there was one, and I, I was happy about this douche. There was like one car driver who didn't understand why all the traffic and all the buses had stopped and was just like occasionally like honk honk and then honk honk. And eventually he like got so frustrated. He drove up on the sidewalk and was driving around just as the moment of silence was ending. And then he got out and everybody was looking at him. I think it dawned on him at that point, like, Oop. Uh, I just beeped and honked and drove on the sidewalk during the <laughs> that, national two minutes. That would have been you if you'd been in I your know. car. <laughs> Even worse. I mean, like, t- TV is important and right. director bookies are important, but 
but that would have been sure one bad reason to violate the bone of silence. <laughs> when so. people get together and do a little bit of a group sacrifice for yeah. something like this, like a moment of silence or if there's an earthquake and everybody come together to help yeah. out, these things where it's group sacrifice, they, they, they're so painful in a way because they're so beautiful, but it's like a taste of it, like a taste of what we could do if we could all cooperate. I totally agree. I, you know, Look, I used everybody, to... we could do this. We could actually make this planet one community it's working true. together it's true and it and it, it's i uh what was it uh, like i think it was uh, this almost is going to sound like uh, dr evil saying like you know what did he say like summer's in Rangoon as a youth i used to weep it or no it was uncle monty and with an eye as a youth i used to weep at butcher shops but i used to get a little misty when uh, this is going to sound so stupid, but it's going to speak to what you're saying. I used to get misty when uh, an ambulance would be going through a crowded street and everybody, and everybody would pull, pull over. over. I do too. Because I'd be like, here is a moment where we've all just commonly agreed that, you know what, that everybody's got to be civilized and, and got to help this thing out an and emergency. not be an asshole. And, not, and, and I know it's also the law. Many people are probably doing it just because it's the law, but you just get the feeling that everybody agrees like, okay, time out. Somebody's really hurting. Let's clear a path. I, I don't know, know. There's something know, about I it that used to like, Make me misty. Uh, you know what? I think that, well, we need more social norms like that where empathy trumps uh, self, self-interest. self Agreed. You know? And then when you experience it and that moment of silence was, a, I don't and know, a coming together. the thing is, when you are part of communal empathy or communal uh, cooperation, it feels really good. People, you know, those bucket brigades to, to help and, right. and or, or yep. pull the person out of the lake or whatever. Uh, people uh, helping dig a house or, or whatever. The D- people, helping dig a house. <laughs> that old, that time honored, <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's like a house digging yeah, yeah. today. <laughs> Instead of a barn raising, it's a house digging. <laughs> house digging. <laughs> Get the lemonade. Oh, I'm going to digging today. <laughs> I found me a house, a dog, and I found it. <laughs> whole vein of them. That's what they do in Hobbiton. A rich vein of bones. Uh, houses. There's condos down there, and <laughs> yeah, there are condos in them. There, holy hills. shit! And little chalets, <laughs> literally in them. There hills. <laughs> but when you are part of that kind of communal cooperation, it feels really good. You can tell everybody loves it they f- because they feel uh, important. They are part of it. They are helping. Out, sense of community, sense of community. They feel useful. Yep. And, Wait, and young, I'm useful oh, okay. to be used. And yep. I really do think people like that better than they like going to the mall and buying some new Uggs. I, you know, I do too. I like. I think it's Uggs. a moment to plug in. Although uh, Uggs are pretty cool. I do want to. I do want to just because I don't think I did it right. I do want to rehonor. Uh, Richard Griffith's R.I.P. Uncle Monty. Go on. As a youth, I used to weep in butcher shops. From with an on eye. Okay. That's okay, much right. better. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> did you get to meet Richard Griffith? No, I no? never did. I thought you did. Is no. he gone now? Or is this he did. He time? died just oh. this year. Oh. He's one of my favorites. Because with an on eye is one of my favorite movies. Oh. Um, yeah. I yeah. wanted to ask, uh, based on yeah. this question of community, and what, yeah. what is your position on those guys who walk around offering free hugs? Do you take a free hug when you get it? Oh, uh, so I have. Obnoxious. We were talking Not, about I, You know, that strikes me as self-serving for them. I, I don't think I would take the hug unless one of them was hot. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's my position. That was a hard ball. <laughs> um, all right. We, you know, we have. I don't know. It, it, look, it's beautiful that they want to go and give her hugs. It sounds gimmicky to me. Yeah, but, it's gimmicky. And then, but, but, I but, always but I don't take, I like them when I see them. I take them. Yeah. And you feel good? Well, it's just nice to have a moment of connection with a stranger. Do you I'm, grab their ass? No, I'm very respectful. It's not disrespectful to grab their ass. If they're offering a free hug, they the should, then uh, the ass to, is a fair game. It has to be a fine <laughs> ass, though. Because the, they can't define, do they hand you a card defining what hug means? Hugging, hugging my I had to sign. means you get all up in there. Press all right up from body right up. to body. It's not like a little bro hug. You want a hug from me? You just cram the. You're you, gonna feel every inch of me. Even the shove, asterisk. Do you put your <laughs> mouth right on their neck and then go? Mm. <laughs> yes. That's not creepy at all. Th- that is, in my world, a hug. I'm I had go to and- sign a release form for this hug. No touching of the butt. No, only hey, five you've got, seconds. You've got an ass to risk. No crotch rubbing. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a house to dig and an ass to risk. <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. We're going to dip into the mail sack. You're going to... Mail sack. Yeah, that was great. Um... Thanks for thanks for the softballs, Marty. Sure. No, those are good ones. We're just going to cruise through these because we want Maximum Dan. Uh, this is one from... Stuart- <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> Maximum Van Damme. Maximum Dan. Uh, Stuart Wojcicki. He says, guys, just started listening several weeks back oh, while welcome. exploring new pods within the Smodcast network. Well, then Dan is probably new to you. Well, this is Dan. He's one of the founding members of this team. Hmm. You are. Yeah, that's true. Yep, Marty and I started this podcast, Neuter Dan Marty, years ago now. Four years ago. Four years gonna, ago. Uh, almost four years. Next month will be year four, because remember, we started in June gloom. That's right. And we're now right. in May gloom. It was June gloom, and we and Marty and I were able to do it pretty continuously for about two years, and then I kept I had to go out of town for work, and, and Marty has brought in a lovely crew of people who've been sort of carrying the banner since we still... Refer to it as Nooner Dan Marty, but the reality is, is uh, it's Marty and whoever shows up. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes, yeah. Th- at this point, that's how it is. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do a fourth anniversary one next month? You were going to be. Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, we start up the writers' room for the reason I was like I really want to come in today, yeah. and I, I know I'd been a little boy card wolf, but it, it, it like I really do try to come in when I can. It was because we start up. The, I go out of town and then we start up the writers' room. So, it's it, we could do an anniversary we'll one. We'll do a Sunday we, afternoon. You could yes, that I could do. Okay, we'll do a Sunday afternoon one. So, yeah. uh, so he says, uh, Stuart Wojcicki, love the show. I'm uh, getting around to chiming in with my three favorite jokes. I don't know that it's a thing that we had a call for. But oh. have, we, have we called for my three favorite jokes? Um, my favorite, I don't think we have, but my memory is But we bad. welcome mm. them. All right, what are they? Uh, what do you call a fish with no <laughs> eyes? A fish I ate. Oh, that's Wait, what? Oh, it's, oh God. Uh, why can't you hear the pterodactyl when it goes to the bathroom? Because the pee is silent. And an oldie but a goodie, I bought a box of animal crackers, and on the side it said, do not eat if seal is broken. I opened it up, and all the seals were broken. Stay real. Oh. Stuart. I think I do remember we were going over some jokes some weeks ago. Those were good. Well, Stuart, the, they've added to the firmament. And by the way, I liked how you kept it clean. Yeah, yeah. D- don't work blue. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. 
Don't take Fucking our ex- don't work blue. Don't work. Don't do our example. Uh, Chris Miller from San Diego says hi, Chris. Uh, uh, listening live. Morning, Murps. Giselle, I poked and prodded by a friend's. I was poked. It's Gisela. 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 I answer to anything. <laughs> I was poked and prodded by a friend's jealous boyfriend. Instead of getting angry, I thought of how you'd react and ate a cookie instead. Thanks for being a great influence. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Was, is poked and prodded sexual? No, I think he was getting hassled uh, from a friend's jealous boyfriend. Oh, okay. And just stayed calm. Yep. I was like, oh, that's titillating. That's so you were at it and the boyfriend yeah, started to poke and prod you? Was, was, it, was awesome. it a free hug? Say <laughs> uh, <laughs> Since I'm thanking people, Dan, thanks for my new favorite show. More than entertainment, the show gives me a connection to a close friend who is a world away. We talk about it every chance we get and love it. Thank you for that. Her name is Annie, and I'm making her listen to this episode. She's my own live, and I miss her something awful. Congrats on getting season two. It's well-deserved. Oh, thanks very much. I, I actually didn't know what show it was referring to at first, and so I'm delighted to hear it. Um, That's great. So, thanks for, thanks uh, for Just a question that I'm sure everybody's wondering. Uh, what, do, what, is, what makes up what's in the recipe of the fake brains? Oh, it's so funny because that's sort of like the... It, you sure could, you could ask, Google that answer. Yeah, yes, yeah. It was a, it's a it's a gelatin mixture. We experimented with some various things. You know, you, you have to have a balance because she actually does have to kind of eat it. A, you need something that the looks actual, like a brain, looks like a brain, consistency of a brain that can handle different colors. Uh, that can uh, that the actress can eat repeatedly without you know like you can't give her something gross or something that doesn't mix with her digestion or what have you or any any human's digestion. Are you a do you a, is no, no, it, keep is there something going. in your ear? No, I was hearing something, but it's okay. I think it's a, a weed whacker out yeah. there. Yeah, but anyway, so what is? Yeah, it? so it's so basically a gelatin mixture, uh-huh. like a gelatin, basically, more or less. Yeah, have you tasted it? Nope. <laughs> is it? Oh, no need to. Okay. <laughs> it remind. Is it like the dish they call aspic? Um, have I, you ever heard of that? I have heard of aspic, don't but I don't think it's wonder, like aspic. Don't you have to wonder who? Came up with that name and said, let's leave it named Aspic. The person who came up with Asterisk. Asterisk, yes. I think that people were not thinking about that when they just went AS and then finished the sentence. I think, <laughs> I think that, like when they said, I'm wearing an ascot, I don't think they were like, I have my ascot around my neck. <laughs> right. While I was eating Aspic. <laughs> and also. Oh, oh, Asterisk, I was, uh, cold. I have Asperger's. Mm hmm. I think I think that's just your. In- you want an Asperger, don't that you? That is your infantile no, no, mind. No. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have Aspergers. So he, Chris Miller, goes on. Bill, I'm excited for your movie. The photos are exciting. You could make a companion book from them. Hope it's going great. And this is, I think, he's thinking of iZombie because he said he writes in your coroner always, brother. So. You know. Oh, hey, thanks, man. Oh. Appreciate the mail. No, 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 no. He's not done yet. Not done yet. Okay. Okay. Marty, did you ever get the script script I sent? Forgot to ask. Uh, finally, I wanted to shout out uh, my friend Snow, a nickname. I'm sending her the podcast in hopes she'll join our community. She lives in L.A. and I haven't seen her in far too long. She needs to visit me soon. Aren't you going to move up here? You should visit here. Uh, please welcome her uh, So, as you so kindly did for me. Uh, welcome, Snow. I did get your script and I read it. And you are a f- very good writer, and I, I congratulate you on it. It's this sort of uh, a comic book script. And I've, I'm not familiar with reading a comic, comic book script. It read more like a story, and I would encourage you to write it as a, as a novel or a story or a short, you know, uh, Can't short comment, story. didn't read it. Yeah, but, I, I, you know, very good uh, characters, visualization, you know, very rich fantasy world. And uh, 
I think that you should do that as a novel because then you don't have to worry about an artist coming and making it something else. You can just do it on its own and then and then have it be uh, a uh, a comic book. Mm. There you go. Mm. Thanks, Chris Miller. Hope uh, mm. hope your plans are to move up here are going through. Zach Stewart writes in. Uh, just listening to the po- <laughs> last podcast now, and I forget what we talked about. We sound like a little bit angry cows. <laughs> Can I finish? This Can I finish? Is <laughs> angry cows. Uh, so guy. Zach from Pittsburgh, he says, uh, just listening to the last podcast, and I forget what we talked about, but he says, anyway, I've been a government social worker for 11 years. My desk chair is broken. My PC is eight years old. We have an in-house HTML-based file system that doesn't meet oh, our needs. I remember what we was talking about. We was talking about how the the I want to believe in the government and, and oh, that right. it's because it's 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 the manifestation right. of all of us. It's our community, right? But then I, you I call up Covered California and it take me forty five minutes to get through and it's yeah. really frustrating and yeah. inefficient. And then I call up uh, Capital One Credit Card, which is a private company, a corporation. It's efficient and fast. Yep. So the, he's saying he's a government worker, uh, and right, it's right. all I, you know. I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm a Democrat. I believe in government programs, but there's no denying that they tend to be far more bureaucratic and inefficient than privately well, held ones. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, then the other balance is, and we didn't have twenty million and, but people. Social security, have now, social security so. works. <clears throat> Medicare works. Think, oh, things can work, no, um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, cover California. I so. wonder what's going to um, happen in the coming decades because uh, it seems like we're giving more and more of our power to corporations. Yeah, well, uh, that's a problem. Like we I mean, are switching our allegiance from <laughs> from a government of the people to various corporations. Because well, of corporate, yes, I don't think corporate. corporations should be identified as people, especially like now that they have for the purpose of campaign contributions. Uh, no TPP. Uh, so he says, uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, this big business deal that President uh, Obama is is working on, uh, well, we it have some to have some provisions in it, like that corporations can sue a, go- a foreign government, and if, that it's arbitrated by corporate lawyers, not by huh. governmental bodies. Right. That's because the big thing, and yeah. that that will trump any national law. That, that is more binding. I don't, I don't sound very. That seemed like a that. real yeah. tipping point yeah. that oh, we're giving corporations really, really more bad. power than governments of the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, Zach the goes on to say stuff. that uh, as a social worker, he's bound by more required work than he, we can ever get done: broken air conditioning and bed bugs in our cubicles. That's horrible. That is horrible. But then he says, I don't focus on that. I focus on doing the best I can for the families I work with when I am with them. Oh. I focus on being prepared for every meeting and court hearing. I focus on trying to hear everyone's voice and facilitate working towards a unified goal. Here, here. Anyone? Here, the, here. Uh, uh, now, I am, now I am an impressed and respectful <clears throat> cow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, that is great. And it's great to hear <clears throat> that there's not apathy in... And something that well, it's got to be very like rising above uh, resource deprivation to, to to focus on the core mission statement. Bravo! Very Bravo, nice. Sir. Well put. Bravo. Um, last email is from Dave Castro. Hey, Dave. Or David. I don't know if he goes. Hey, David. Or David. Hey, David. Good morning, Murps. I haven't been able to listen live for a few weeks because I'm stuck at work and can't get Sir to play on my phone. I watched an episode of the Smurfs the other day, and since my mind resides perpetually in the gutter, I began to laugh as soon as they started with a Smurf talk. For those not familiar with it, Smurf talk is simply injecting the word Smurf into sentences. Uh, read the following example in a sedu- seductive voice. Uh, I should I should have known he'd Smurfed me. 
when, what he needs is a good smurfing. I'll smurf you big. Uh, it would be great to hear you guys do a merp talk bit. Um, thanks for making me merp so hard. Merp you next merp day. P.S. Cougar's Balls. We got to Cougar's Balls. We got to Cougar's Balls. Hey. Yeah. My favorite TV show was Smurfy Brown. Murphy Brown. <laughs> you, you got his no. That was a, a merping fan, merptastic, uh, merp male. David Castro. David Merp. Merp Stro. I think I have to merp. <laughs> oh no, merping! No, oh, no. you merped all over me. Uh, that's horrible. Who did Wham, it? Bam, merp you, man. <laughs> what? What? Mm? <laughs> At AOK Corral, my favorite guy was Wyatt Merp. The door is that way. <laughs> the merping door is that way. Get your merping self out of this merping house before I merping merp you. Can Do they have to rhyme or can you just say, I would like more macaroni and merp? <laughs> Marty, you need to decorate this place with more frankincense and merp. <laughs> <laughs> you need to make merperoni and cheese. That's the better one. All right, this is, this is merping going to merp now. No more. No, no merp morping. <laughs> More merping. No more mar- <laughs> merping. Um, yes. Well, thank you guys for the mail sack, Dan. Mail sack. Oh, my God. Jesus, it's already 11. Yeah, Dan. Well, really quick, before we okay, go, go on. I told Shanna, one of our listeners, Shanna, uh, that I would say the word Buddha belly. We were talking about Buddha bellies. Uh, uh, Buddha bellies? Da- dad, yeah, really dad nice bods. Dad bods and Buddha bellies. A nice Buddha belly. It's I don't a know good what thing. a Buddha... Be- you mean you're talking about like a beer belly? Yeah, well, like, little, you know, there was... There's this it's little, like a beer belly, but full of spirituality that, instead of uh, beer. Basically trending huh. that, that uh, the Vince Vaughn bodies are sexy, the Leo DiCaprio bodies. But they've been talking about that for a while. Like, there was a article in the Times like five years ago where it was like the Brooklyn body of like the vaguely, you know, b- b- <laughs> the, belly, like, d- yeah. like pledge. Who do you think like, who was writing that? The, 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 yeah, I guys. want these bodies to take over. And same thing for the ladies. The harrowed husband who works as a journalist who, whose wife is like, why can't you be in shape? And then he's like, oh, I better start That's this. That's what they do. They just meme. change yeah. the shape. Uh, Jason Segel is really sexy. Um, Dan, so we, we're going to have you back for uh, whenever yeah, you we'll come do, back. So we'll whenever figure out a time back, in June to do like a and, mega show. Uh, and you're going, Great. yeah. And if ever you're around, we'd love to have you. Um, but I would love for you to take us out with a little song. Would you do with the piano's right behind you if you want to jump on there? Oh, he's setting up. Oh, look at him. He's going. Start. Start. No, too fast. Start (laughs) spreading the news. I'm leaving today. All right, we'll see you next Tuesday. can make it there. Where will I make it, Gisela? You'll make it anywhere. It's up to you, Marty, you, Marty, you, Marty, you, New York. Yay. Bye, everybody. See you next Tuesday. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.